Hey, there she is. Well, look who we got. I'm so excited for this. You have no idea. You are? Yes, of course. Hey. What's going on? I was just like literally thinking about uh, you last night. I was like, dang, I literally missed this woman. I wish I was back at the gathering. <laughs> that energy in the room there was like sick. So good. Tell me, like, what are you having? You know, I drink this thing every day. I've drank it for three years and it wakes up your brain. Like crystal clear, insane. Write it down. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right, write it down right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about it. I'll send you a link to it. It's um, mostly B vitamins, though, but methylated. Because did you know that like 30 to 40% of the U.S. population cannot process B vitamins? I did not. Yep, Whoa. that's the methylated. Wow. Syndrome hey. ain't doing squat. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so just so you know, we're already recording. Uh, okay. I just, I'm just going to run the intro. Is that cool? Mm-hmm. Cool, you're gonna hear some music. I also got your favorite song on here as well. <laughs> A full vibe. Yes, 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 yes. So we're gonna do it right now. Welcome to the Marketing Warriors Podcast. I appreciate you guys taking out the time to come on the podcast with us. We have a very special guest on the show right now. For those of you that don't know who this is, or you're living under a rock or something, like seriously, you gotta do some research, my man. So she started off in the cosmetic space, as a celebrity makeup artist, actually. She styled her hair and makeup for over 70 high-profile people. Uh, she's helped raise over $112,000 for sex trafficking, by the way. Bro, like, I wish I could do that right now. Seriously, that's goals, for real. Uh, she has went ahead and done makeup for Elon Musk, the founders of IG, Facebook, Twitter. We're talking high-profile people, man. Like, <laughs> I can't even imagine. And she's also a business consultant, which is phenomenal. Uh, she operates under XMH Beauty, which uh, obviously I can tell based off, you know, all of your uh, grandioseness, why you love beauty so much. <laughs> <laughs> it rubs off and rubs off. And uh, she's, gay to, she's great at video content creation, guys. I've actually personally taken quite a few notes from her. Like, I've actually dissected her videos myself. She has some great, great advice on that kind of stuff. I want to welcome onto the podcast, Extina. Harmsworth. Bring her on, man. Bring her on. There she is. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's how we do it. I freaking love it. I freaking love it. How's your, uh, how was your Monday, by the way? My Monday was delicious. Was it? Did you get time to actually, like, reflect on October and stuff? And then make your week? So... The reflection, we had like a four hour drive on the way back from Nashville. So that was like its own energy field. Yeah. And I, I've reviewed my notes from that event so many times. It's, it's something that it's a personal practice of mine. If something's like huge for me, I just keep it in the notes in my phone because it's just, you know, Palm access. So I've looked over that stuff so much. It was about, I don't know, an amazing experience. Right. And we were talking about the same thing. Like when we came back here to Jersey and we got in the car and everything with my brother and whatnot, we were immediately like texting one another. He's in the back seat and I'm in the front seat. I'm like, yo, this is like, there's something wrong right now. Energy's not right. The like universe the is not. So different. Cause like when we're in Nashville, we're surrounded by high level thinkers, people who are growing every single day. And then you go back 
you sit in a car and you're like, wait a second, it doesn't feel the same. And Why didn't it feel the same though? Like that's my, that's my like question. When you guys posted about that, like yeah. my heart, I was like, oh my God, like I feel it, I understand, but like, why do you think it felt so different? It was more because like, I think when we were in Nashville, like we didn't care what time we slept. We didn't care what time we woke up. We were there to be there. We were there to learn. We were there to make connections. We were there to grow. And when we got back to Jersey, it just wasn't the same, right? There's like, okay, where do we go for growth? Where do we go for talking to people? Because there's so many people, so many connections to make something to look forward to, you know? And that just wasn't there. I'm like, even like we would go home and I've been like doing 75 hard and whatnot. And, you know, I had to work out, drink water and what, whatnot. So like, I, yeah. So uh, I, today's day 64. And so, like, so yeah, so like do do that, but then like the energy, the motivation, the drive just didn't, we didn't lose it. We'd go to sleep at like one, two o'clock in the morning, wake up at six. I had to get a workout in because if I went to the gathering all the way to late, I'll know I'll be there and I'll screw my 75 hard up. So I had to wake up at that point, get a workout in, come to the gathering, do that. And yeah, just. Yeah, that's the whole thing. If I may add on to that, like, I feel like it's, it's a sense of responsibility, like knowing that there's nobody around to actually, you know, number one, make you food, number two, wake you up or do any of that kind of stuff. Like at home right now, literally I live with my parents, right? So we're always thinking to ourselves, oh yeah, parents are here, you know, this, that, and the third, but actually picking up that sense of responsibility for yourself is completely different. You get to wake up on your own times. You get to set the schedule for the day. You literally have that freedom which i really loved and i i love my parents you know chris even told us he was like yo move out like i'm literally thinking about doing this i'm not kidding <laughs> so just having that behind us i think was the fuel and the driver for we got to get shit done because we have things to do throughout the day and places to show up at and i think that's probably the most important thing that was like a small shift for us Dude, is this like your first because this is a massive thing for your audience those of you who you know, are listening in today, you guys are getting a podcast from these two young men who they were literally the youngest people in the room at this completely dope, high level, intense meeting of the minds for business people. So like, I have to ask you, was this your first like big gathering of something like it this? It was, you were yeah. Man? Okay. That's Whoa. Whoa. Whoa, you guys started at the flipping top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I think like, either, like, I think like it just how we worked it out. Like I, like I started my first business when I was 16. Complete fail, by the way. Complete what fail. What was it? What was it? But e-com products. I used to ship products from China. It was, um, I'm a big fan of Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super, like all this card. I'm a big fan. I even like collect cards till this day. And I started selling their merch and that was that. And then like, I remember sitting in a lunch in high school, I'm a sophomore and I get two sales and up, I'm up on my seat. I'm like, yo, 
What? The moment you got the bug. Yeah, I'm like, I want to ask you, like, I never found out, I never found out, Exina, like, what got you into entrepreneurship or, like, building your own business? You know, I love money. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Damn straight, bro. (laughs) Uh, I started making, like, actual cash, like, bills that you hold in your hand when I was a kid. Um, Mm. Pretty young. I think I was, like, 11 or 12, and we had this you know the newspaper that people used to like throw it at people's patios oh yeah yeah newspaper so our newspaper girl she was a young mom with three kids and she would pull her kids behind her in the wagon delivering newspapers and like you could tell like those kids were driving her insane and i was 11 at the time and she was like hey want to babysit my kids sometime and my mom was standing there and i'm looking at my mom i'm like yes my mom would, would just send me to this lady's house. Some crazy stuff was happening at the house. That's all I got to say, but my mom didn't know about it. And I would go there from Friday night until Sunday afternoon. And the lady would give me $40 when I was 11. Like this was in the nineties. That was big money. I could buy like three CDs. <laughs> <laughs> now it's like, now it's like the world we live in. Like hit, like in our perspective, when people tell us like three CDs, we're like, wait, a USB? <laughs> exactly yeah i know downloading three full albums on itunes or something anyways <laughs> yeah and ever since then i just i knew the feeling of having cash in my hand mm. i knew the feeling of like being trusted by people to make sure that things happened and that energetic exchange getting cash for it and it's just followed right. me my whole life Right. So like me and me and Quinn kind of like drifted off into the same kind of format when we first found out we could actually earn an income online. Literally, he had his uh, e-commerce stores. I think he was running like three at the time. Uh, and they were easily earning like three to four K, five K monthly off yeah. those e-com stores. And then like I remember my own first e-com store and getting that first sale too, just like immediately ding. And I'm like, oh, shit, I can make money online. Like, what? <laughs> and just going to going to town with the money that you make off then you're just like, you're, you don't know what to do with it because now that you have like things coming in, you don't know where to allot the money to, especially when you don't know, like, okay, this is where I probably should be, should, should be putting my money instead of spending it on this stuff. Yeah, when, when you're a 17-year-old kid with a couple thousand dollars on him, he goes, Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> Let's just that's say bad. That. What did you buy? Oh, you have, like, okay, I, like, you know, are you familiar with Death by a Thousand Cuts? No, bro, what okay. is that? So, okay, it's literally a small, so like, you know how people ask, where does my money go? And what happens is people don't realize they spend five here, 10 here, 15 here, 40 there, 30 here, boom, 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 boom. And then they look back, they're like, whoa, where? And that's death by a thousand cuts, you know, small little cuts, but it's like, it, it, adds, it up. adds up. So I don't know, clothes, books, shoes, <laughs> everything. Like literally, yeah. we were. I was buying Yeezys back in the day. We're just like Yeezy after Yeezy after this, that, and the third. You were not. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, but then like we're like, wait, how do we take care of the business? Yeah. <laughs> had to so get our priority that, straight. How did that flip for you? Because you guys are like teenagers. You're pulling in some bank and you're spending it on random crap. When did you go like, wait a second? So uh, I'll, I'll tell you because this kept happening like a yo-yo effect. And we were like, what the heck are we doing? 
Like we need money for the business so the business can grow, not just take it for ourselves and go party and spend it all on ourselves. Like let's like, I love the, the word that delayed gratification, you know? So like just having that and putting it into the business so later on it can grow and grow and grow. And then after a certain time, you can go ahead and reward yourself for the work you've put in for what you've done, you know? So him and I, we've been working together for about a year, I'd say. So year and a half, like two years almost. Yeah. yeah. How did you guys meet? We're well, we're actually cousins, but <laughs> I had yeah. no idea. What really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah, he was on he was on mostly the ad side so, of things. He had his own he had his own like agency going for himself. I was actually in college. Uh he dropped out of high school to go ahead and pursue e commerce and his agency and everything. So bro, kudos to him, man. He beat us early, you know. <laughs> But uh, for me, I actually dropped out of college to pursue business. But the week when I dropped out, actually, I created a one-page business plan for the entire year. I actually have my newest one on my wall, too, for 2020. I do it every single year. So I created a one-page business plan. And I was like, all right, this is what I want to do. And that week, I dropped out of college. Just gone. And do consider the background that we are from. Like, really, we're, we're from parents from the Middle East. Dropping out of college is like, you're not worth a damn thing. <laughs> you are, are you useless. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How did they take it? L- listen, my mom wanted me to be a doctor. Are you kidding me? And, so, and I'm, I'm sitting here like, yeah, mom, I got this. My parents are kind of chill. My mom yeah. is like very supportive. My dad, eh, but um, mom is very supportive with like, just do whatever you want, whatever you love. As long as you're successful. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave them like a, an ultimatum when I dropped out. I was like, yo, listen, here's, there's two options right now. Either you support me and we live a happy life together. You know, we can do everything. Or you don't. I move out and I start living my own life and get a job and do what I want to do. Because, go ahead. So wait, your parents were actually motivi- motivated by you staying? Yeah, just about. This is so backwards. <laughs> For yeah. how I grew up anyways. My parents were like, you're moving out? Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, and the, like the Middle Eastern families, like, they don't really let the kids move out until they're like 26. Like, I, I remember like when first, like, by the way, I came to this country when I was 11. 11. I didn't know English. Not a damn thing. Even the water I tasted was different. So okay, okay, I'm a water fanatic. How is the water different? Please so tell me. If you, I, I don't know if you there travel, is a big difference. You travel to some countries, and you taste the water, it's actually a little different if you if you try to notice it. Like, huh, this tastes different. And then, like, I'm sitting in the back seat, and one of my uncles like, dude, everything here tastes different. I'm like, all right. <laughs> dude, one of my girlfriends just moved down here from like the middle of Canada. Yeah. And she brought, she calls it like farm water. And it was yeah. the water that came out of her well in her yard in Canada. And mm. she brought it in glass jars. The first night that they came over when they moved here, I was like, do you want some water? And she's like, no, I have my special farm water. I have like two jars left. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> we poured some of that water like it was like a delicacy like into special cups and I was like I have to taste this water I swear the water was thicker it tasted sweeter 
and it was like an experience. I get it. I, feel I have a question you. for you. Yes. Have you ever had well water? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Well water in Pakistan, like where we're from, it's so common. Like you literally go out and you could take like a canteen and you can pump like through a lever and like well water comes out and you can put it into your canteen and everything. Does it's it so nice. Dude, it's so cold, like ice cold, because it's coming from the mountains and everything. It's so awesome, actually. Absolutely. Yeah, so question. I do have a question for Christina. How'd you get into this cosmetic beauty stuff? When'd you get in? How'd you get in? And how'd you even come up to like now coming up to like building a seven figure brand and everything else? Okay, so like when I was probably 15 years old, I was smart in school, like I could make A's in all my classes, but I didn't want to. Mm. Like I lost the motivation and the drive. I didn't like being there like at high school. And so I started failing classes and my parents, (laughs) (laughs) right. (laughs) And my parents, well, my mom basically was like, well, both my parents, they were paying tuition for me to go to this private school. And I remember it being like $3,000 a year or something. And I just felt really horrible that I was like getting a D minus when my parents were paying all this money. And somebody came to our school and they were like, hey, we offer a trade school option. So you would go to like maybe three or four high school classes in the morning and then you can leave campus and go learn like a skilled trade. And they said hair school was an option. And I was like, check the box, get me out of here. I went home. I was like, mom, you can stop paying tuition. I'm gonna go to public school. I'm gonna get my little three classes in the morning. I swear I'll graduate high school. And I did it. So it was another one of those pieces where I was already interested in hair and makeup. I loved it. It was a vibe. I was already doing it anyway, since I was like 14. People like my friends, parents would drop them off at my house on the weekends. And I had converted my, my childhood bedroom into like a micro hair studio. Yeah, so that's no, seriously, actually very, like very entrepreneurial. Like I, my whole, I would say like my whole high school bedroom, I had taken like pictures from high end, like magazines, like, you know, obviously things like Vogue, but all these pictures that were my dream life. It was runway stuff. It was like high vibe makeup, um, people on yachts, like all these crazy things. And it was like a wallpaper around my room. I had collaged it. And then it was, I had mirrors everywhere and candles going and like a bar stool chair face in the mirror. And my friends, their parents would pay me on the weekends. They would like drop my friends off at my house and I would do their highlights, cut their hair, do their makeup, whatever. And I was pulling in on the weekends, like $300 cash in high school. Yo, that's actually lit. We we did the same thing when it came to weekends on uh, during high school too. Instead of like uh, getting jobs, we would go out and wash cars all the time. Or we would go out thrift shopping. Like literally I used to thrift shop back in the day to get like some cash on our hands and stuff like that. Yeah. It was such a feeling like going to prom and stuff. Like I think I went to maybe like one, but for the most part, I would just book out my whole day with like hair and makeup appointments and then take all the money and like 
go hang out. Like I didn't really want to go to prom. I just wanted to make all the money. Yeah. Yo, I'll freaking love that. I was like that, bro. And then once I had my license to practice, the thing about cosmetology that's dope is like you get like this one certification or licensure and it covers everything. So it covers makeup and manicuring and like hairstyling and like facials, mm. eyebrows, everything, barbering. It's like all wrapped into one certification. So I had that and kind of like the life that I had in all those pictures on my wall became my reality. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, yo, hold on, yo, you gotta drop, yo, dude, dude, like, you gotta listen to what she just said, bro, (laughs) you have to listen to what she just said, what she was looking at, what she had built for herself was becoming her reality, and because she had changed her environment, she had changed her reality as a becoming, I'm actually writing this down. (laughs) Like, I, I didn't realize what I was doing back then. It was just, I was always different. Like in high school, if you were to ask the people that know me since high school, like, I don't consider myself that I was like popular by any means. And it was boring to me. I hated high school. I've just felt so different, but I would go home and like, dude, so relatable. What's that? So relatable. Right. Like I would go home after school and I always had a job in high school, but in my free time, like I was like going through these like high-end fashion magazines and pulling the pictures and putting them on my wall. I remember this one specific ad campaign. It was like a St. John's ad campaign. And it was this like super tan blonde lady, like laying on her yacht. And I was like, Mm. a life. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Damn. Yeah. I remember when the first bug bit me for entrepreneurship, like I was on my uh, phone or something. I was on the iPad and I saw an ad of a guy, literally Lamborghini in the back, you know, and everything like that on his laptop on a nice, you know, beach and everything. And I was like, dude, that's the life I want. Like, I want that life. I want to be with the laptop on the beach doing whatever the fuck I want. See, and like, I, I didn't get it. Like I, I had all these pictures. They were literally a wallpaper in my bedroom. And I ended up moving out of there when I was 18. I got this job at, um, it's a, it's a very exclusive resort spa on an Island. There's no cars there. It's a, it's just like the most amazing place. And I got that job when I was 18, moved out of the house and it's like all these things started coming at me. Like I didn't have the certification for it, but I got the promotion to manage the spa. And then I noticed that the people that were up there, they call them cottages on the West Bluff. And really they were like mansions that were people's like fourth or fifth property. And they come up there for a week and then close it, winterize it. Wow. Like that was the surrounding on this island. Right. And so celebrities would come in or people that like, I want to say like one of two of the biggest restaurant chains of the United States, like the owners have a house up there and they would come up and they're, they, they would be in the same space of me and it felt like second skin. It felt totally normal. And that has been my experience since I was like 18. And I love, love that you said that, that you normalized it. Like, you know, that became your new normal because a lot of people fail to do that. They fail to make things their new normal and their new baseline standard for themselves. Even I've struggled with this. Like that was a limiting belief that I had been putting in myself for the longest time. And very recently, I just was able to break it. Uh, I did want to ask, like, taking away from this, uh, what would you say led up to the point of meeting, like, these 
these high class individuals like Elon Musk, like what did that feel like when you finally ran into these people? Elon, the owner of Instagram, the owner of uh, Twitter, Facebook, and all these platforms. What was that like? Like, take me through that. Like, what was going through your mind? <laughs> it was so weird. So again, with like the normalizing and conditioning your mind. So when I was 22, you know, I love, I love the fact that you can type something into a search engine and like there's tracking for that. Cause I, I guess, I guess I had looked up on the computer one time, like, how do you do makeup for film? Cause you see, like I started in resorts doing hair and makeup and whatever, and like managing. And then like six months out of the year, I would volunteer my time at a local TV station running camera. Mm. And I was like, how do I mix these two worlds? Cause I love the beauty side, but I love the film side too. And apparently I had like typed in a search engine. How do you learn to do makeup for a film? Cause I wanted both. And I didn't want one or the other. Mm. And I got a phone call one day. This lady was like, Hey, I'm calling you from XYZ school in California. And you filled out one of our like search applications. And I was like, I did. She's like, yeah, the owner of the school wants to talk to you. Great sales pitch. Like yeah. phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know sales back then. I was like, that she funnel, you know, they funneled in. <laughs> she wants to interview me. On That's call? awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, a couple of weeks later. You go like, Yo, somebody wants to interview me. What? <laughs> once i learned sales i was like oh my god yeah oh my god but anyways like i ended up you know forking over 20k moving to los angeles which i never thought that i would do went to the school and it was ingrained in me at the school because i was learning from other celebrity makeup artists you know they're teaching you your they call it like your set etiquette like how to behave when you are people when you are around people who are high profile or they're experiencing high stress and knowing that before they go on to camera like we are the last people as the stylist to energetically influence that person before what could be the biggest day of their life wow and so that was already getting like pre-gamed or conditioned into my brain wow. 22 and I carried that with me through the rest of my career. So when I wasn't working on like shoots or fashion shows or whatever, that same, that same feeling of responsibility for my energy and what I brought to people who were high stress, mm. high functioning, high maintenance, because they're high performance, I took that with me everywhere. And I think that that was like one of the seeds to greatness in my career. So from 22 to 28, every time that I worked with a client, that was the way that I treated them. That's amazing. Okay. And that, you, that was, you know, I think the movement for me getting into, I guess, the rooms with the people that I got into. Right. You know what I like about that? You said something about uh, pregame, like a pregame ritual, right? And even now, like, you know, uh, I come from a sales background. So even during like sales calls, during like sessions now, there has to be like a pregame ritual and a pregame ritual towards like the beginning of your day. Like even I myself I had to go back and like fix everything like, yo, you got to have this pregame stuff in place so that you can conquer the rest of your day. I want to ask you like, if you, if you had to keep like one ritual for yourself on a daily basis, that's made the biggest impact for you, what would that be? Oh, wow. There's not one. I, have, like, <laughs> I like my drink. <laughs> 
No, like we were just at this amazing gathering of elite professionals and you heard it from, you know, the top presenter. Like, are you high maintenance? Like, yes. Right. It takes a lot to be some, a, a, a high performing human. Like you right. can't half-ass it. Go ahead, go ahead. I don't know if you've been told this, but like, even myself, I've been told like, yo, you do too much to manage yourself. You're way too this, or you're way too that, way too hyper, this, that, and the third. Like, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Like, what the hell should I be telling these people? If there's somebody out there right now and they're like, yo, all these people around me are saying all this BS to me. What, what is your advice to that person? Tune it out. Like, tune it out. You, okay. There's going to be people who have strange things to say to you. Like that's their reality. That's, that's their life. That's their reality. That's the movie that they are living in. That's the lens that they see life through. Like, yeah, you know, like yeah, that yeah. word lens, because working in film, like, like, you know, there's cameras all over the room and the person behind the camera. Oh, seeing, <laughs> Whoa. You know, anyone who, who loves photography or loves video, like you see the room from your lens, your perspective. Mm. So wow. you can't tell that person that what they're seeing through their lens is, is inaccurate. Like you wow. can't tell them that they're wrong, but from your lens and from your experience, you're like, no, I need to clean my lens. I need to make mm -hmm. sure that my battery is fully charged. I need, I need this. I need that. I need charging cables. I need all the things for my lens. That's deep. Yo, it is deep, man. You listen to this, guys? Whoever's listening to this right now, write this down. Change, change the way you're viewing things from your lens. She said it best, man. I got to give you a bomb for that. Like, I can't. <laughs> Dude, I have to. Seriously. Uh, right, so, I do have a... Oh, go ahead. But you know what? Let me, let, me, let, me, let me just add to this. Okay, so... Go ahead. No, 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 yeah, go. Like, this is the emotional intelligence piece that honestly I was missing. Like, how old are you guys right now? This is so huge that you're so impactful and you're so young and you're so crisp and amazing. How old are you guys? 21. And I'm 20. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So when I was 20, 21, like I, I loved on some level my family and the people around me and whatever, but I was also highly irritated with them. Hmm. And I was like, what you're saying is irrelevant. You are stupid. I want to get away from you. And so I moved. Like, I moved across the country. You know, I think the universe is trying to send us a message, Kanan. <laughs> we're, we're, we're starting to hear the word move a lot. <laughs> but here's, here's the vibe. Here's the vibe. What they are seeing from their lens, like, that's what they can see. And you cannot tell them that they're wrong because it's their, it's their perspective. It's their shot. Wow. It's what they see and it's their experience. You, you cannot disprove that that's what they see. Mm. And do you think it's like that because they've been programmed that way or they've been living that way for so long? You know, here's the thing with our parents and I love my parents so deeply now. And I'm like 34, 35. I don't know how old I am. I'm up there. But the that's thing <laughs> Well, emotionally, this has been like the most amazing year for me as a human being, but it's because I came into the place of knowing that my parents, their perspective is their own. I cannot disprove it. And it is their reality. 100%. 
but they love us. Like your, your parents, the people who irritate you the most, the people who are talking the most garbage about your, about their lens of your experience because they cannot see from your lens. These people, they love us so much. And sometimes it's so incredibly hard to see. Like you would literally have to like, have like an emotion barometer and like hold it up like a like you're taking their COVID temperature and be like, do you love me? <laughs> <laughs> says yes. <laughs> like yeah. reader, reader says yes, but they love us so much. And it's like you just have to become emotionally intelligent enough to be able to tune out mm. the things that are not helpful for you. And even to be able to say like, hey, I I love you so much and I want you to be able to talk to me about what you're thinking, but like, I have to feel good too. And this is kind of messing with my confidence. I know you want me to win. So can we not talk about that right now? And I'll just show you because I'm, I'm growing my confidence. And I I love that. Amazing. I love that. Cause it's not that you have to run away from them. It's not that you have to cut them off. Like you don't have to move across the country but you can become emotionally intelligent enough to kind of shut it down or ask for their support while you're growing. I think um, one of the biggest thing I used to tell myself every time somebody would try to talk me out of things or anything, um, I literally always told myself, if, you're, if I'm talking to a person, if they're not where I want to be in the future, I shouldn't even be listening to them. And yeah, they may, it, it might be a little dark energy, right? And I'm like, yeah, like, okay, like my mom or my dad, cool. Is he where I want to be? Is his income where I want to be? Is his fitness level where I want to be? Is his health where I want to be? You know? And then I would categorize, you know, okay, okay. In what category is he giving me advice on? Let's just say wealth. Is this wealth where I want to be? If not, I should probably be not listening to him. So the mentality of like actually listening to practitioners, that's where coaches come in as well and mentors. Like uh, instead of listening to somebody who's a theorist, you actually want to go to somebody who's actually done it. And this happens a lot like in college. Like I have nothing against college, bro. Go for the experience, do what you got to do. You want to get a degree, go get a degree. doesn't really matter. But the thing is you cannot take advice from a theorist because that theorist hasn't actually done anything with the knowledge. I can read all the books in the world, but none of that knowledge is going to matter if I don't do anything with the knowledge. It's going to sit there and it's going to rot for the rest of my life. And that's, that's a basic truth. And a lot of people don't want to accept that, but that's the reality of it. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the thing about like going to college for business school. And you're like, what business has my professor <laughs> Lemonade stand. <laughs> 2004 yeah. lemonade stand. Cool. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. But here's the thing about like, I, I, I fully get it. I used to have this, this really huge chip on my shoulder probably same age as you guys up until probably a year and a half, two years ago, where I was like, look, if you're not paying my bills, like get out of my ears, you can't help me. Yeah. You know, like (laughs) this is my show, you know? Yeah. And I realized though, that like in some relationships, this is the, this is the place to kind of look like, is this a relationship that is worth having later? Like when it comes to the case of your parents, a hundred percent, like that woman wiped your butt. Like, yo, she loves you so much. Your father, Mm -hmm. the same. They love you so much. And that's a relationship worth having. So the issue is when we throw like that, that 
hard line of I can't I can't receive from you because you are not financially and physically and emotionally the human that I am going to become like mm -hmm. we throw the baby out with the bathwater and here's what I mean by that like you cut off the richness of the relationship by tuning them out there's mm -hmm. things that they have to offer but this is where we are so different our generation our generation is very strange we we have something going for us, especially in the, I would say the, the energetic field, our emotional wiring. I think our brains are very different from our parents. Something shifted in the last 30 years that we are very different, really. And I think that we're going to emotionally and energetically dwarf our parents. It just is what it is. So you hear this funny thing, this funny term of people saying like holding space. Have you heard that before? No. Okay, so it's like kind of like a woo thing in the coaching sphere right now. And people will say like, I just need someone to hold space for me. Or they'll say, I'm holding space for you if you're going through a hard time. So holding space is the ability in, in your emotional person and in your strength and in your authority and in your experience to be able to hear someone else's lens and not be moved. Mm. That's a muscle and you only get it by having resistance like Taylor and Chris over, you know, this past week that we were together in Nashville, that's just incredible place. I'm still blown away that you guys are there. Like you're listening. <laughs> so blessed. So, so blessed to be able to hear your perspective on this podcast. Um, so you said holding space, you said holding yeah. spaces, hearing someone else, uh, hear, to hear someone else's uh, lens of viewing the world and to not be moved by it. Yes. Okay. So and you only you get that by having resistance. like a stoic philosophy. Of, it of, may of, be. I don't know. It's, it's, it's like you have to be able to do that for relationships that count, for relationships that you're like, you know, I don't see a future of this. This is not someone that's going to be in my life in five years. For those people, fine, tune it out. But the people that love love you like your mom and your dad and the people who are so like in there in, in your life you know there's that moment of saying you aren't who I'm going to be I have to shut you out but it's like when you go to the gym like Taylor and Chris said this you can either just pick up the bar and you can pump the bar or you can add weight and resistance and build that muscle so you yes, actually sure. become more emotionally intelligent and stronger when you're able to be non-reactive to the influencers in your life, like your parents and your family and the people who their lens of your experience is so whack. Like you're like, you can't see what I'm seeing. You don't understand this. No, they don't. They're looking through their lens, but when you can hear their perspective about their lens and not disprove them, not say you're wrong, but instead stay in your power, keep your energy high, be non-reactive and still like hold your space that muscle gets stronger. It's gonna, it's, it's Dude. gonna be so easy for you to be like, yep, that's cool. Dude, that's so huge, actually. And even myself, like even now, you know, my parents always uh, sneak this sometimes, but even now I try and make sure that our relationship is really good. I try and uh, communicate with them as much as possible. I'm like, you know, just do empowering things around myself. And I would say that like, you know, the relationship is definitely getting better. Although sometimes things do happen, of course, it's family. <laughs> but uh, overall, like it's definitely getting better. And I'm so happy that you said something like that. I, I want to ask you, before. go ahead. No, because I was gonna literally, you know, 
last week we were or a week and a half, I guess, you know, when we were at the gathering and Tasiba and I, we quickly got noticed as the young guys, you know, like the young guys. And literally while like we were there, like, I was like, oh my God, first of all, wow, amazing people. And they have said so many things to us that I was like, oh my God, like I love and respect everyone, honestly. But literally like, like the only thing that was going through my head was like, don't get comfortable. Don't. Yeah. Like in the back of my head too, I was like, dude, complacency is the devil, bro. So it was like my ego was rising and rising and rising because, oh, everybody's looking at us. Oh, everybody's congratulating us. You know, everybody's kind of like, they're, they're impressed in a sense. But I was like, cool, but we're not just here to be here. You know, like I immediately wrote on my phone, compare yourself to the future version of yourself, your future potential. Don't coast around. Keep doing right. your jewelry. Keep on going what you've been doing. You know, keep that integrity with yourself. The work in the dark that nobody sees. Keep your standards high. And even if you're here, your standards should be raised. Your habits should, should have been raised. Your baseline should have been raised. Your teams would have been better. You should have been tracking it. You know, we talked about attribution during the gathering. And that alone will make you an unstoppable human with the environment that you have because because you have the people that love you that care for you that want you to grow right one do the same for others and take care of yourself as well damn that bro dude i completely agree uh it's actually on my morning formula as well like i wrote this down i was like don't get complacent and i had to learn not to be complacent the hard way like seriously you get punched in the face in boxing a couple times you'll, you'll learn to keep your hands up uh you know for the rest of the rounds. <laughs> I'm serious though. Like you can't be complacent in like uh, real time fights like that too. Like, you can't, you have to be sharp. You have to be on the ball. You have to know what you're going to be doing and know that you have confidence in doing that and have certainty in doing that. It's even on my morning formula. Like it says uh, what Taylor was saying when business week told him that he was great and he believed that what they were saying, I am the greatest. I am the greatest. And then when you start to believe that you are the greatest, you start to go home early. You start to wake up later. You start to be complacent. And you can't allow that to happen. And that's why I've gone back, actually. And I told myself, like, how do I fall back in love with the unsexy shit that nobody's doing? Mm -hmm. Like, it's unsexy for you to say, like, yo, I wake up in the morning, bro. Like, I go to the gym, meditate, morning formula, all this stuff, read this, that, and the third, pick up a book, this and that. That doesn't sound sexy, but it's going to get you the results that you want. Why is that not sexy? Like, like people would die to have a morning like that. Are you kidding? You'd be surprised at the people that are around our age, how like that's just, maybe that's a, a parent, not a paradigm. Maybe that's just a, a lens of viewing, like you were saying before, yeah. but I don't see that in a lot of people around our age. It's like, what? You do that? You journal? You, you make a schedule? What, what is that? <laughs> I do have a question for you. Yeah. What does your daily routine look like? Meaning what time do you wake up? What are you sleeping? I know you have a baby, which is like the cutest thing in the world. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And like, what is your routine like right now? Like, what do you do? What's your morning routine? What do you do? How do you keep your energy up? Like, what's that like? Dude. Okay. So it ha it definitely shifted since having Sloan because mm -hmm. like she, it's like a baby is like an extension of your human body. It's like, I have this extra 20 pound appendage now. 
who makes noise. <laughs> it's so weird. Dude, that must be crazy. It's crazy. So like the sleep is different. Like she probably wakes up probably every two hours or whatever. So I wake up every two hours. It's fascinating. Mm. But bro, you're a freaking boss, honestly. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So like the the secrets for me are are radical self-care. Radical mm. self-care. And I teach that to all my clients too. I'm I'm kind of like a psycho about it. I'm like, dude, you as women specifically, and I understand this on a very different level now being a mom, but mm. women are like, we are like this web of like outgoing energy all the time. Yeah. It's crazy. And then with that and context switching, which that's my new word, I learned that context switching, like you're going from this person is asking you a question and now it's meal time and now there's a conference call and the baby is crying and making noise. It's like mm. switching context all day long. It's like so, multitasking at a very high pace. Super high. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, every 10 seconds. Yeah. And if you don't do it, they can die. Like the child can die. Yeah, that's just <laughs> so it's wow. like, Dude. like no risk. <laughs> so my mm. thing looks like this: like we get up in the morning. Sloan typically will sleep until about eight o'clock, and every ounce of sleep that I can get, I get it with her. I start my morning with super high level nutrition. I take the same things every morning. I've taken the same things for three years, and it's stuff that really like turns on my brain fuels me on like the deepest level possible and once i've done that it's either or for most of the year holding a book physically she would tear the papers so it just didn't work so i listened to a lot of things i recorded my morning formula spoken so i can put it in earbuds and listen to myself saying my own morning formula because if I was holding the paper, my kid would grab it. And I was like, either I'm not going to do this or I'm going to morph it to fit my life. Dude, adaptability and resourcefulness, man. That's yes. what I'm like this. Amazing. Yep. And then we go out for like a two-hour workout. Like I take the baby with me. We go out in the woods. I listen to my personal development, sales trainings, marketing trainings, emotional intelligence trainings, like whatever I've got for that day. And I listen to two to four hours of content every single day in my life. Mm. up level my game and then i come back in i shower and you know get the vibes for video and get into my day dude that's, that's awesome uh i have a question for you yeah we i want to know what your defining moment in life was like everybody talks about the top of the mountain right every every single person is like yo how does it feel at the top of the mountain this that and the third i want to know where was that time where you were at a place that you finally struck that line you said enough is enough. I'm changing my life. Has that happened? I don't have that. You haven't had that. I have, I have things like that, like every three months, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that a one. evolution. Yeah. Like I feel like every 90 days you're a new human and new things like top you out and max you out. And you kind of go like, Oh, I'm done being frustrated with this. Like this can shift. I can change it. What am I doing? Flip. Right. Flip. Let's go. Mm, that's all wow. the time i love that question yeah since we're at like at this age and we're growing quite rapidly mm -hmm. and i think one of the things I, I think Tasib can agree with this as well like 
I, I'm talking about relationships, right? Girls, oh, we're young, right? We're very active. Actually, Dave, you set um, the bar really high for girls in my life suddenly, you know? <laughs> no, no, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> what should we be looking for? What, like, because we talk about this, by the way. We talk about this all the time. And the bar has been set. Doesn't involve much of business, but involves our mental health, our emotional state, everything else. What is there anything that we should like, like qualities of a girl? Should we wait? Should we focus on business? Like, yeah, I want the answer to this. I need that. the answer. How long do we have? This is important. Dude, <laughs> I need the answer, please. Like, edit most of this out. This is your podcast. <laughs> Dude. All right. Really? We got to schedule a part two. <sighs> this, is, this, is, this is really important. Okay. So my first thought process is this. And it's something, again, that I learned this year in an amazing training. I will just drop her name right quick. Her name is Melanie Ann Layer. This is for the ladies. She has a program called Femme Fatale. Holy shit. Okay. Here's what I learned. Especially, especially for women, you have like a three-month cycle in your hormones. So for the ladies who are listening, and men, you should know this because it probably affects you too. And it has to do with, it's called the cuddle hormone. It happens for women when they have babies. It happens during most physical encounters of a romantic type, if you catch my drift. It's called oxytocin. And you guys are probably like up there with your serotonin and your dopamine because you manage your bodies well and you are unicorns for your age bracket. And you know this, you're aware. Okay. So you're doing things like you're, you're aware of what you're eating. You're aware of how much sleep you're getting. You track these things because your mentors are teaching you to track them. So you're this amazing high level being of a unicorn in your age bracket. Like you guys are the weird ones. It's great. So here's what's going to happen. If, if you are operating like that and becoming successful and standing out, you're probably going to have girls that are attracted to that because they're like, I have hit the lotto. Boom. Okay. <laughs> Dude, dead ass, bro. <laughs> right? But here's the problem. If they are not like that, if they, if they are not. That's a problem. Okay. Yes, it is. If they're not like that, it's like a 90-day uh, recipe for extreme success or doomsday. It goes like this. When women's oxytocin level, that's like the happy hormone, which we can be responsible for by living a pleasurable life and taking care of our bodies and creating our own happiness. That's my goal in my relationship with my husband. I create my own happiness. Anything he gives me is a bonus. But most girls are not like that. They're not even aware that they have these things going on. So you have like a 90 day cycle when you meet the Tassib of the world or the Conan of the world or whatever. And these young girls, they are going to meet you. They are going to see the ultimate trophy prize and they are going to go like, I think I'm in love with him. And they, because of their oxytocin, will not be able to get enough of you. And you guys will feed off of that with each other for 90 days. And the love, aka oxytocin, aka dopamine rush, all the hormones, 
they blind you to the actual facts. Damn. They will make you stupid and crazy. And that's a really good timing to get a girl pregnant. Because you can't see, like you are blind. So if there's someone who's really, <laughs> I know, to see your eyeballs. <laughs> Bro, like, <laughs> Listen, in that 90-day bracket, you will be insane. The first 90 days of a girl who you think is the bomb, the first 90 days, just consider yourself stupid and crazy. And after 90 days with that person, you need to pull out the data, the analytics. You guys are smart. You know how to do this. You need to actually look at the human being. Are they psycho? Is she crazy? Is she messy? Does she have, uh, does she have the wherewithal to support a rock star? Is she also a rock star? So you're going to have to co-support her. Are you guys going to be co-leaders? Is that the vibe in your relationship? Or do you want someone who's going to like back you and you're the rock star? What do you want? Like, do not make any hard decisions before 90 days. Mm no hard decisions inside the first 90 days. I just wrote that down. I was <laughs> 90, days, huh? okay. 90 days is the cycle. After that, your eyes will be clearer. Should I wait an extra week? It's crazy. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and like really before you make any decisions about the opposite sex, like give it minimum 90 days. I, I really think you don't know the fullness of a person's personality for like two years. So take your time. Yeah. I was, uh, I was just reading a while ago, actually this book right here, uh, your next five moves. Uh, yeah. And he talks about how like sometimes people get into marriages and people get into relationships and they don't realize what they're necessarily getting themselves into. And they can end up living this fallacy for such a long time until finally one day, like three, four years into the future, you guys have kids and everything, but like something breaks and you find out something about that person that you didn't even know was like there. Yep. You're so far into the relationship that you're just like, oh my God, like, what do I do now? Yeah. There are certain personality types too, especially like, you know, if people are very narcissistic or even like a sociopath, they can hide that for a long time. You don't see it. Like it can take a couple years of you seeing them interact with other people besides you or just being emotionally intelligent and evaluating before you can even see it. So right. take your time. Oh, thank you for telling me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> mom's, always, mom's always pushing me. She's like, she's like, you're 21, you're gonna be 22 and 23, you're gonna have this, that, and the third, when are you get married? And I'm like, mom, I need you to stop talking. Like, <laughs> not to be mean, but like, just stop. No, <laughs> don't even drill the idea into my head. Don't even plant it. No, I got married the first time when I was like 23. And it was very like, it was, I knew him for under a year and it was one of those situations of like, you know, my eyes glazed over. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I made the decision. I said yes to the engagement inside the first 90 days. And then I felt obligated and then I felt guilty and then I felt scared of backing out and then I felt embarrassed and then I didn't want to hurt him. And I ultimately ended up divorced. Wow. It's, it's a thing. So take your time. Damn. I want to, I want to ask you another question. Like, obviously we know you as the queen of organic. Boom. And, uh, you know, I want to get to the consulting side of yourself. What, what got you that name? What coined that term? 
Well, it really was like this year inside of the trainings that we're in as business people up leveling in a massive way, our brands, I came in and I watched a lot of the content and I was like, I already have been doing this for like five years and we have built, you know, we've, we've easily crossed the million dollar lifetime sales and we've done multiple six figures for back to back to back years and it's been fully organic. Wow. it's a vibe. It's what are, what are your like, uh, kind of like the, the how to's like a five-step basic etiquette of writing good or organic or producing good video content. Ooh. And even I watched, I even watched yours and I was just like six pages of notes. I'm still answering the questions that you gave me. No joke. I'm not kidding. I don't joke about this stuff. Like that's so good. It's really, do you want do you want like the physicality of of copy or do you want like the psychology because they're two completely different things Ooh, take me to the psychology of it i'd okay. love to know so people they they want connection like they don't want to be sold to and so the faster you can connect to people the better your top line or above the fold when you're scrolling social like i'm talking facebook specifically there's your there's your above the fold section which is like all the things that people say before they have to click more to read more mm, above right. the fold is like it has to be so juicy over 4 billion pieces of content get added to facebook i want to say like daily or something like that right Damn. ridiculous so there's so much noise if what you have to say above the fold isn't grabbing someone immediately like like you're done you're toast so your mm. top line I learned this from this amazing teacher named Boss Lee. I love her. Her vibes are everything. I learned this from her like two years ago. She said, if your, if your post is worth a dollar, the top line is 80 cents. Mm, that's the hook. Yeah, okay, it's, it's so important. And the faster you can grab people to feel something because they're on social media because either they're looking for connection. It's called social media because they want to connect. They want to connect to their feelings. They want to feel something. They want to feel like, oh my God, they're, they're frustrated about what I'm frustrated about too. You know, they, they feel like I feel, oh, that's super funny. I want to read more. You have to catch them in their feelings. It's psychology. They're not there to read a sales manual. Like they want connection. You gotta, you gotta use that. Yeah. Right. That's huge. I have a question. Yeah. And this may be one of our last questions because I know we're kind of running out of time and Extina is very busy as well. So how do you differentiate yourself from everybody else in your market? Like, is it your positioning? Is it your messaging? Is it the way you do your makeup? And you're always right in front of your camera. <laughs> is your baby? Cause she's the cutest thing in the world. Like, what is that? Like, I, I'm just curious. I think it's all the things like you are the brands, like, you know, with what you guys are doing, who are you serving? Who are you helping right now? Uh, we're basically in the coaches, consultant, um, e-commerce, whatever they need funnels, help or ads help. Um, we have more of a done for you offer. So it's more of a, like I've been doing funnels for the past four years. I've been running ads ever since I was 16, running my first e-commerce store. That's how it used to generate traffic. Yep. Right? And so I learned ads, even though I would break even on the e-com stores, I learned so much about the ads and the creative and the interest and the targeting. And I got like really deep into like human behavior. 
So like I am big on psychology. I'm big on human behavior and uh, yeah. So you're not just some, some, you know, young guy who learned ads four weeks ago on a webinar. No, 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 come on. We've been doing this for so long. I remember back in the day, like just going into, you know, different stores before even all this COVID stuff happened. Cause like I would literally do walk-ins for uh, the local places that we have around here. Cause I was always, my forte was always like communication. I love communication. I think it is the greatest so thing good at it. that's ever been. I think everybody should learn how to communicate properly. It's, it's so beautiful. Energy is everything. And that's why you have this beautiful energy around yourself as well. And just being able to use that energy and that like, uh, that vitality inside of myself to transfer that to different clients when speaking to them, I think is the biggest thing that uh, definitely led to us being in partnership together. Because like, I always love talking to people. I always love helping people. And even now, like something brand new that I garnered from my mentor, uh, another one, if you guys know who Bradley is, I love listening to Bradley. He's such a good uh, closing, closing coach, sales coach. And he was just saying, he was like, I help people get what they want. And in return, I get what I want. So if I help you get what you want, in return, I'm going to get what I want, <laughs> you know? So just changing, changing around like our messaging too. Uh, we, we struggled with our messaging for quite some time. And I think we still need to get some clarity on that as well. Even the way we're presenting our offer to people, we still need to get some clarity on that as well. But definitely just, just having that background and being able to articulate that message properly and making sure that you are getting the person what they want at the end of the day. And that, once they get what they want, you give them what they need as well. Because usually we think we want one thing, but we need another thing. That's your brand. Mm-hmm. Like your question was, how do you stand out? You fearlessly share that. Like I look at you guys and your story is so phenomenal. Like what I'm seeing right now is like a hot pink freaking bubblegum magenta lions and that sheets. <laughs> Scully, like I see you guys, your young 20s, you're in your like office space, whiteboards popping, been running ads for freaking however long, like master communicators, energy magnets, and you're so concerned with other people and them getting results and your expertise around that and you're willing to craft something, you know, that will fit them, whether it's funnels help or whether it's ads help, what do they need? You are hashtag here for it. And you're also like amazing. You're like, okay, brows on fleek out here, like the the energy, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) What you guys bring to the table, that's your brand. So how do you stand out? You be more of who you already are and you fearlessly share it. That's, that's, Dude, I freaking love that, man. That's been like our longest time. Like, you know, we just keep everything to ourselves. We read something. We've wrote a multitude of books. Like even we get clients crazy results. You know, like recently this summer, um, we have a local client, a beach bar. And uh, they're like, guys, you exhausted us this summer. We've never had this many people come in. You know, like... Russell Bronson, who's like the make, like the owner of ClickFunnels and yada, yada, yada. He says that on a website, an average conversion rate is about 3% on a funnel. It should be around 15 to 20%. I'm like, cool. I take that. I'm like, why does that happen? Right? Why? Because there's not many places to, for a person, when they go into a funnel, there's not many places to leave. They actually have to go through the funnel. Right? So 
this year they wanted us to create a new website because their website was wackos. And what I did was I actually mixed the website with the funnel and I combined them together. And you got to create IP for this, bro. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and what happened was they were getting like 1% submissions and now it bumped up to 22%. And I was like, yo. And they got over 3,500 3, applications. Whoa. Listen, so for you guys, you know, I just, obviously because I love organic and I'm like, you have to share these things like that post, that image, you guys like back to back, like just this right now, your vibe right now, your image right now. So dope. Like, yeah, we're sitting in our office and we just got this note from our client and they said like you wore us out like clap clap yeah clap. i literally have the you text and everything wore it's awesome us out you know what i'm saying like that's a whole vibe and then you tell the story about it because people don't know unless you tell them mm. and you're not bothering anyone by telling them you're worthy mm. of being heard you're worthy of being seen you're worthy of getting more results like like why are you not telling people about that wow that's, that's so that's really empowering like seriously because like even sometimes you know there there's people out there even myself i've struggled with this too where like you sit at the screen you're writing an organic post you're about to send a pm you're about to send something and you're just like why does this person even like why does it matter that i send this to this person like am i actually uh you try and validate whether or not you're allowed to send this and the truth is that you are you are worthy you do have that value to bring to the world and Absolutely. i feel like that's why a lot of people fall back into that zone where they start to not charge as much as they're worth. And they come into that zone where it's like, Oh, I'm not worth that much. I can't be doing this. I can't be doing that. And all those limiting beliefs come back. You right. Know? It's a worthiness factor too. Like for sure. And that's why like, even uh, I was going through the laws of success the other day, I was listening to it on audio because every now and again, like if I don't set up for myself, what I want to read throughout the day, I literally just pick up any single book and I'll just start like listening or reading or whatever. Like it's a problem, <laughs> but, but the cool thing is that like I was listening to it and he was talking about the principle and the law of doing more than what you're paid for doing like over delivering on everything that you do. And the cool thing is that like, we, we decided to like embody that. So when we started working with people, everything we did went above and beyond 24 seven support, like literally our phones were like completely open schedule and everything like that. But then again, the thing that you run into is now somebody is controlling your schedule too. You wake up in the morning, you're answering emails, you're doing all this stuff. And then you need that time a lot of for yourself as well. Have you ran into that? And if you did, how did you balance it? Dude, bro, this was my early like three years in business because it was just me and Brad. So we launched our cosmetic company when we were living in Los Angeles and I really had no boundaries. I didn't understand it. I had people telling me to make boundaries, but I was like, what does that even mean? And then there's the side of us because we have that hustle gene and we have that energy naturally that we want to produce. We love to produce things. We like to get results. It gives us a natural high, like we want it. So I would work like 16 hour days. And if I woke up in the middle of the night and my messenger was pinging, I would answer people. Cause I'm like, they're probably yeah. up in the middle of the night. Like, as, like they, they need help with their makeup stuff. And I would just answer. And it came to a point of really, I think when I got pregnant, um, I could see myself differently. And I was like, this is not doable. This is not sustainable. 
I'm driving myself insane. And so this last year I've, I've really pared it down. It's come to the place of for my sanity and for my health, because health is number one. If your body is not okay, like nothing's going to be okay. What do we learn if biology and mindset get in a fight? Biology biology always wins. Right. So now it's like, on the daily, I maybe my max out is like 11 a.m. to like five o'clock is when I'm available for business questions. Like that's it. Right. That's it. Right. I'm not available after that. Uh, so I have a question for you because I do want to wrap this up. I don't want this to go too long. I know you have a schedule. I know you have a lot to do. Yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't want to take away from that. So my question to you is, uh, if there's a young woman out there listening to this, if there's a young man out there, around our age, what is the biggest piece of advice that you would want to relay to them? If I could go and jump through the screen of time and shake my shoulders as a 22 year old, I would say to myself, this is, this is huge. Find your mentor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I didn't find a business coach until I was 28. Wow. So I was doing like, you know, all the things in my career until I was 28. And then I finally came across a business coach that really was like a good fit. I read a lot of books. I was always a weirdo. I was always like manifesting stuff since I was a teenager. Like I was like that, but I didn't find a coach, a mentor, someone that I plugged into. I've been going to business events like what you guys went to since 2013 every 68 whoa That's so like hmm. dang see so like in our minds like for me at least i was thinking like oh at least the only event like forget everything else i don't want to go anywhere but what i'm getting from you is that you can go to other events as well to garner yeah. new information here's the thing is you you will be attracted to the mentor that really is an expander for you so something about chris and taylor resonated with you whether it was that they they started from nothing and they've they're now making millions a month whether it's the way that they built it because it was from laptops and cell phones something about them made you say i see myself doing what they're doing and they've already done it so i can pick their brain and pay them to do so like that's I think the biggest thing was their growth rate actually yes, yes definitely really like, i'm like wait this is possible cool let me go learn from them right so yeah. like gotta get in there and you know like even you said earlier like hey like you guys are so lucky that you're already an elite yeah right so and first of all, I want to thank the TNF team because there's always going out and grabbing more people. Yep. Yes, we're looking, but they're looking as well. Yes. Right. And then when we both meet in the middle, boom, come inside into our family. It's very welcome. People are amazing. You know, meeting Brad, meeting you, meeting Bijal, meeting Sierra, meeting like Logan, all these people. It's like, wow. Like, whole, like, like even like we'd go back to like when we were at the gathering, we'd go back to our room and we're like, this is real. Yeah, for real. Like seriously, like knowing these people are actually real and putting a four dimensional picture to you guys. It's a massive game changer, yeah. massive, massive game changer. And actually being able to come together to like meet everyone and everything. I have two more questions. Then we're going to hit a speed round on words. I'll tell you what that is. Don't worry. You're good. Uh, uh, my question to you is what is the impact you want to have? 
on, on other people that, you know, are listening to this. Yeah. I'm always obsessed with people's empowerment. I'm obsessed with people's empowerment and exposure. So you don't know that you can have something unless someone else is embodying it and living it out and showing you that it's possible. So I'm like, expose your success. That empowers other people. They're looking for something to calibrate to. So when you have a success, expose that and empower other people to make moves. Wow. I freaking love that. So like in essence, and this is the final question, what would you say is your legacy? It goes back to that word empowerment. Like this has actually been in my heart a lot lately. To sum it up for us, whether it was in makeup because we gave people the confidence to really stand up and speak their mind or the trainings that we do on people's organic or videos or however we're helping them to actually become more visible. It just comes down to empowering people to speak their message. We're all, we all have one. You're supposed to come here and make a difference. And so many people are quiet because they don't feel empowered to say their thing. God. I have damn. a question too. Okay. Top three books. Name them. Uh, for what age? God. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We're talking in anything, top three books that have changed your life. Listen, I have a couple minutes because my next meeting's at 1230. Can I, can I really go with it? Or do you guys have a time constraint? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't have my next meeting till one, so. <laughs> okay. So at the beginning, the, the book that shifted me was, I got it. I actually stole it. I stole Wait. it. I was, I was working as a hair and makeup artist. Yeah. Like I was on a production team and this was my life in like my mid twenties. I was on a production team doing the hair and makeup for this massive shoot on an Island. And we were in like a production rented house. Somebody's probably third or fourth or fifth property that they were renting out. Cause they didn't need their freaking Island house that weekend. Like that vibe, amazing house on the bookshelf. Like everybody had been styled and they left and I was alone in this like house that clearly someone has to have a library in their mind to manifest a house like that. So probably a high level thinker. And there was this one book on the shelf and it was called the secrets of a millionaire mind. And I swear it was like the book was calling me from across the room and it jumped off the shelf and into my hands and into my luggage. And I took it back <laughs> to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And I read it on the beach. Huh? Is it by T or T Harbecker? Yeah. When you're getting started, and I think that that was a recommended book from TNF too somewhere. Like when I was getting started, it was the book that shifted me when I was making sixty-five thousand dollars a year as a hairdresser and a makeup girl or whatever in Miami, like living on South Beach, and I was. I would just go out and read that book in the sun. And I was like, what is this? What is this? So that's my book. Number one, I went to their conferences. They were meh. They were okay. But like the book, the book changed me. The second book, this is so interesting. I don't know why this word speaks to me, but the second book I read probably five years ago and it shifted me again. And it was called the millionaire next door. And they also have the millionaire Ooh. woman next door. And it was like a mindset philosophy thing about actual case studies of millionaires and how they behave and how they make decisions and what they do. 
And there are some limiting beliefs in there that I can see now because I'm more expanded. But back then, five years ago, when I was getting started in business, it made a lot of sense and it helped me. And then the most recent book that's really expanded me and shifted me and opened my heart to be a bigger receiver and even better in my energy and even better in my, my creation and how I perceive wealth. It's a newbie. It's actually what Rhonda Byrne read before she made the movie, The Secret. That's what she based her studies on. It's a tiny micro book that you can get on Amazon. You could read it in a couple of days. It's called The Science of Getting Rich. Ooh, by Wallace D. Waddles. Those are my three books for a newbie. Somebody wow. just getting started on the wealth journey. Those would be my three books. I love it. We're going to hit a 10 word speed round for if you don't know what this is, I'm going to uh, say 10. I, I plan I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say 10 different words. And I want you to say the first thing that pops up in your head when I say these words. Oh my gosh. I feel nervous. <laughs> you got this. You got this. You got this. You got this. Ready? First word, success. Money. Money. Okay. Happiness. My baby. Uh-huh. Money. Freedom. Freedom. Time. A false illusion. Ooh. Fulfillment. The client deliverables. (laughs) (laughs) Impact. The real you. Limits. Fake. Ooh. Leadership. Mm, always lifelong thing. Legacy. People need to know what this is. Family. Everything. Everything. Can you have one? Yeah, I have one. Brad, you probably listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) A mystery. A mystery. I freaking love it. Yo, guys, we're we're gonna wrap up the podcast. For those of you that don't know how to reach Xena, you can check out our website, xmhbeauty.com. Do you have a consulting uh website as well, like where they can go ahead and fill out something with let you? Maybe share it, dude. Like let her share her mojo. Where can people find you? Yeah, you know for that? sure. So it depends if they really want to talk to me or my team. Uh, if you have any type of business questions, whether it has to do with the cosmetic side, your personal image, getting more visible online, or you want to know more about our consulting services and our business coaching, you can reach us on Facebook. Our business page is XMH Beauty. It's monitored every single day. And our girls will will, sell, will send you in the correct direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you actually want to talk to me, feel free to add me on Facebook at Xtina Harmsworth. Awesome. And she also has her Instagram, XMH Beauty Official. Yes. All right, guys, make sure you tune into her content. She is one of the strongest women I've met, among others, uh, in the elite community. So, and I appreciate you coming on this, uh, this podcast as well. And even if we're not on a podcast, I still like to jam at a later point. I know you wanted to talk about emotional intelligence at some point. So we can do I think that we today. covered it. I just wanted you to yeah. love mama. Yeah, <laughs> I did because I am a mom, and I'm like, if my kid ever thinks that they are so high level that they cannot talk to me, I'm going to kill her. <laughs> but it's a weird space because, like, we are different. Like, right. we are energetically dwarfing our parents. That is our 
that is our lot in life. It is what it is with this generation. So you just right. I'm gonna look. hit the outro real quick. Is that cool? Go for it. Guys, I appreciate everybody taking the time out to watch the Marketing Warriors podcast. We just had Extina on. She was on fire, man. For those of you that did like this, make sure you share it with somebody that you think is going to help them out. If you want to reach her, she's already given you all the information necessary to do so. So reach out. And for my women out there, she's probably the go-to person for you. That's it from the crew over here. Myself, the host, Steve Bacari, and Fernand, my co-host. I'm going to see you guys next time on our next podcast. Thank you guys for joining us.